Welcome to the Skeletons in My Closet podcast. My name is Crystal Pastis. These stories are not for the faint of heart. They are the hidden secrets and dark confessions the world was never supposed to know. So, let the sleepless nights begin. The day you were born was the happiest I'd ever been. I couldn't believe you were here. A perfect little girl. Ten little fingers, ten little toes. Just thinking of you, I can feel my heart swell with happiness. Suddenly, for the first time in my life, I felt right. Like all the mistakes, all the heartache, all the torment, everything. It all made sense. It all added up because it brought me to this very moment. Without all the pain, would I have had you? Would I be here now? Would you? You are the only source of light in the darkness that has become my life. The first month was hard. I wasn't getting any sleep. I would stay up all night. I would read terrible stories. Stories of people kidnapping babies in the middle of the night. Babies choking in their sleep. Mothers losing their minds. Terrifying stories that would leave me in a cold sweat and tears staining my face. They were stories of a mother's worst nightmare. I know I shouldn't, but I felt like the more I knew, the more I could protect you. I wanted to do whatever I could to keep you safe. You are so precious, so innocent, and so defenseless. What would happen to you if I wasn't around? I tried to trust myself, but self-doubt was constantly creeping in. With every cry, I would run to you to make sure you were okay. But I can't always run every time you cry. I have to let it end on its own. I've learned that now. I have these bloody bandages on my hands to prove it. But if I'm really being honest, that first month was nothing compared to the pregnancy. That was beyond difficult. The last time I was pushed was just a few weeks before you were due. I was sure I would never get to see your face. I was sure that that was the end for the both of us. You would be gone forever. It was gut-wrenching to think about. Two lives could be ended by those rough and angry hands. But somehow here I am, and there you are in the other room crying. It must be 9 a.m. I can't go and see you, no matter how much I want to, but I'm sure you know that. It's starting to feel like a pattern now. Every day at 9 a.m. and then again at 4, you cry a loud, wailing cry. I thought it was strange it happened like that, almost like a schedule. I never heard of other babies doing that, but You are a very unusual child. Your cries last about 30 seconds, then stop. 
a loud, constant scream, then nothing. I wonder what makes them stop. After you were born, I would spend days thinking about what you would be like. It's how I spend my time. What color hair would you have? Would you want it long or cut it all off with an old pair of kitchen scissors? Would you pick daisies and make a wish on every petal, or would you go running through a stream barefoot just to feel the mud between your toes? Would you be wild and carefree, or kind and careful? But more than anything, I couldn't wait to teach you all the things I wish someone had taught me. The things I had to learn the hard way. How bad people can be. How they can hurt you. Do terrible things. I'm nervous for the day you start asking about your father. What do I tell you? The truth? Do I tell you all the horrible, ugly, skin-crawling details of the truth? That the pregnancy was terrible because of him? Do I even bring up the reason I almost lost you that night? I was on the edge of the stairs backing away. I could feel his rough, angry hands on my arms. And in one swift motion that made me feel like it was just a rehearsed dance to him, I was falling. Every step felt like a rock being thrown at my body. I held onto my belly doing whatever I could to protect you from the unrelenting persistence of gravity. That was the last time he hurt me. That could have been the end of you. Sometimes a fleeting thought crosses my mind before I force it out like an unwelcome intruder. Maybe he pushed me that last time because he didn't want you to live. Maybe he didn't want either of us to. Even now, thinking back, it makes my body shake. I remember struggling to stand up after that last fall. Not because of the pain, because of all the blood on the floor. No matter what I try to grab onto, I just kept flipping. Over and over again, I hit the floor. The red blood everywhere making the hard ceramic tile look like a work of horrific modern art. I remember the nice men in the white uniforms taking me to the hospital. I remember the fluorescent lights burning into my eyes, making it hard to see as I lay on the stretcher. Like on a summer's day when you accidentally look into the sun and your vision is clouded by rings of white light. I remember the fear creeping over me when I heard them say you might not make it. The fear felt like big salty waves, the kind that keep knocking you down every time you try to stand up. The salt water burning, ocean in your mouth and ears, taking over so you can't breathe. Then the fear starts to bubble up when you realize you can't feel the sandy ground under your feet anymore. You're weightless, floating through space with no control. You're just a rag doll in the clutches of the ocean. That's what it felt like when you came into the world. And then, total darkness. 
I don't remember the birth and I don't remember the hospital, but just as if I transcended space, I returned to consciousness. I am here in this white room, this white room with the padded walls, and you are just outside even though I can't touch or see you. This has become our home. We have to stay in this strange place until I can find a way to sneak us out because we can't stay here. Oh no. There's your cry again. Four o'clock already. How did the time pass so quickly? I lose all track of time here. I feel like a prisoner. Letting the long hours pass into nothingness. I can't move my arms because of this jacket they put me in. Binding my arms around me. It feels like I'm giving myself an embrace I don't deserve. Four o'clock also means the men will come. They wear the same white uniforms they do every day. They will give me the same medication that I pretend is candy. I get into trouble if I don't take it, so I accept it in one harsh gulp, letting the powdery medication taste coat my tongue. They will tell me what a good job I have done today because I haven't screamed to see you. They will say if I behave, they will let me out of this jacket, that if I continue to get better, I might go home someday. Until then, I will keep playing my part for the both of us. We will get out of this place together. I will go along with what they tell me. And I will act like they are right when they say it's been three years since the accident. I think they're lying. It couldn't be that long. Three years? You were just born last month, but I will play my part and not fight them. I will agree with them when they tell me I don't have a daughter, that I was never pregnant. I just believed I was. They will say they found me at the foot of the stairs. They will say they never heard or found that horrible man that pushed me down the stairs that day. They will say I was alone that night. That maybe I purposely fell down the stairs. They will say when I heard I didn't have a baby, I lost my mind. They will say that as a coping mechanism, I believe you are alive. That the cries I hear are really just the doctors making their morning and afternoon tea. I've replaced the sound of the loud and constant whistle of a teapot as that of a crying baby. When I ask about the bandages on my hands, they will tell me the first time I heard the teapot whistle, I ran from my room and grabbed the boiling teapot with my bare hands, thinking it was my newborn baby. They will tell me that under these layered bandages are horrendous 
and terrible burns. The mangled hands of a psychotic woman. But I know the truth. I know that a bad man pushed me down the stairs. I know that a month ago I gave birth. And I know that you, my sweet baby girl, is just outside these white padded walls, waiting for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Skeletons in My Closet podcast. Make sure to tune in to hear more stories the world was never supposed to know. Until next time, I am your host, Crystal Pastis. Don't forget to subscribe. And most importantly, make sure to lock the door and check it twice. Because these are the skeletons in my closet.